Hello and welcome. My name is Father William Astry, and this is another edition of Gabriel's Trumpet for Monday, March the 7th, Monday of the first week of Lent. Our reading this morning comes to us by way of the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 25, verses 31 through 46. Matthew 25, verses 31 through 46. And again, this particular reading from St. Matthew is a familiar one to us. It is the parable in which Jesus discusses the uh, great judgment that will take place at the end of the world. And Jesus, and again, we are familiar with these. Jesus says, the Son of Man will come in his glory with all of the angels of heaven and will assemble all the nations, and they will be separated into two groups, as a sheep separates the sheep from the goats. The sheep will place on his right hand, and he will say, Come and have my father's blessing, for I was hungry, and you gave me food, thirsty, you gave me drink, a stranger, you welcomed me, naked, you clothed me, ill, You comforted me in prison. You came and visited me. And uh, they will respond to him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and thirsty? When did we see you naked, away from home, in prison, and so on? And the others he will place on his left hand and... uh, they will go into their punishment because they did not respond to the least those in need among them. And again, we're familiar with that. And because of the imagery or the criteria that Jesus uses in this particular parable, we immediately think of poverty in terms of our physical well-being. We think of the corporal works of mercy, and we're familiar with those. But often what we overlook is spiritual poverty, not poverty of spirit that Jesus talks about in the first of the Beatitudes, but it is a poverty of spirit. It's a poverty of the soul, no matter how rich one is, how materially well-off. For often there is a deeper poverty at work there. It is a poverty of the spirit and of the soul. It's kind of an affluent poverty. And we think of the story in which Jesus encountered the rich young man. He had many possessions, and he went away sad because he couldn't give them up to follow Jesus. And we talked about the spiritual dimension of that. He was rich in his spiritual gifts, but he didn't know how to share them. And so we have, and we should never overlook, that deeper poverty of spirit, especially in a country that has such great affluence and wealth as we have. Granted, it's been diminished in the last year or so, or two years, but nonetheless, uh, 
we are overall a rich and affluent country, and we tend to define poverty and richness in material categories, in economics and in finance. Uh, how much do we have for retirement? Our 401k plan, which for some people is now down to the 101 plan, uh, and so on. But we tend at times to overlook the needs of the spirit. We don't, uh, we should never overlook those, for example, who define their lives totally and completely in material terms as if all we are are material beings. We're not just material beings. We're eternally and essentially spiritual beings. Living within us, animates us and moves us, is our soul, is our spirit. And have we neglected the spiritual, the spiritual nourishment that we need, not only in this life, but in the life to come? Uh, we see many people around us who live lavishly, and they can afford to. They have been blessed with a great deal of material wealth, and they're very comfortable. And at the same time, we know, we talk to them and we observe them, etc. We understand that there is something missing. There is a poverty there, there is a deficiency, and it is that of the soul, their relationship with Almighty God. On the material level, they have it all. But there is a kind of malnourishment, a kind of anemic condition of the soul. And they don't have that relationship with Almighty God. They don't have that relationship with Christ. And it's not a question for us to judge. It's a question of us or a challenge for us to be available and to be of service and to have those opportunities that may arise by the way in which we live to share our love for God, our fidelity to Jesus, and the life of the Holy Spirit. Now we may say, oh well, I don't want to force myself on anybody it's uncomfortable to bring that up. And I, we, we don't necessarily go up to them and begin to preach and thump the Bible and all of that sort of stuff. I'm not talking about that. But in ideally conversations, perhaps in the home even, perhaps uh, in our neighborhood, in our places of work, in our schools, when someone brings up a question or asks something or is in the course of a conversation, we may have the opportunity to uh, place into the conversation our own love of God and love of Christ, our own faith commitment. It offers the opportunity. It's the planting of a seed that may grow and develop. We plant. We spread the seed. 
It is God who nourishes. And what a tremendous gift we may give to someone. They may not say it immediately. You plant something, it doesn't sprout the next day. But they may come back, may think about it. They may reflect on it. The Holy Spirit may touch them with the seed that you planted, the word that you said. Again, not, not a boisterous, self-righteous, demanding word, but a word of invitation, a word of giving them something to think about and also signaling to them that you're open to discuss that. Again, not in a condemning way, but in an inviting way, a persuasive way, not a coercive way. And I think that that poverty uh, is often overlooked, and it's something that people, at some level, may very much welcome. They wish, at some level, they, they hope that they would have the opportunity to go deeper into that part of, part of their own lives, essential part, that has been undernourished, underfed, by the relationship with Almighty God. And God may be calling upon us to be that vessel, that, that uh, instrument by which Almighty God can nourish and have that, have that seed that we planted flower and develop into that missing part, that missing aspect of their own lives. And so, during this holy season of Lent, it's a good opportunity and time for us to be alert and attentive to those opportunities where the Lord may be asking of us to plant a seed. God will water it and nurture it and take care of it. But to plant the seed, uh, what a tremendous gift we would have been giving to someone else and a tremendous opportunity for us to make God's work on earth truly our own. What better way to live, to truly live this holy season of Lent than to be one of God's vessels who daily and quietly plant the seed of Almighty God as someone has planted that seed in us long ago and it has flowered by the grace of God and by our desire to be rich in the ways of God, the richness of those eternal treasures where we spend all eternity in the presence of Almighty God. God bless you.